Thank you. We're recording mm -hmm. now, guys. Yes, great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for everybody for being here. This is series four, and I'm really, 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 really excited to have you all here. And series four, what we have done before in the other series and will continue to do for this year is that we will have four sessions in the series, all different subjects ranging from personal development, spirituality, business and a mixture of those four. That's basically what the subjects that we're talking about in this series. So I really want to welcome you here and let's start this. I just, can I still operate here? Yes, here we go. So this is a little bit of a background of a combination of what was said in some previous I love it because there's Global no other voice. agenda. I love there are so many networking groups and so many podcasts and so many things that I've been doing. Um, but there's there's an agenda, and I love this because there's there's no agenda apart from connecting people, open-hearted conversations amongst lots of different people. I seem to just hold a space for myself always not to come with an agenda and I still question to this day does it serve me does it serve others and in some powerful way I believe it does because this discussion especially with Sam reminded me I have been working for years how to listen and not speak as much. And I've been told I'm a great communicator when I've only said three or four words. Obviously that was my short snippet. The reason that I put that snippet in is because I think that this space is developing into, as Hema originally introduced it, as there is no agenda. We are here to demonstrate that women can and are cooperating and we have skills to be able to share. And we are building the, the core speakers, which I showed you in the first slide, are building trust to be able to continue that to add more value through this forum. Before I go any further, though, I just want you to, to this is the first uh, session in Series 4. The second session will be November 15 at 11 a.m. And I created a topic that was sort of preempting Christmas season. And I would love all of you to be involved in this one for next fortnight. We do it once a fortnight and we do, we alternate in the afternoon so that people like Hammer and Tina Africa can join in and then we the next one of course is in the morning so that the other side of the world can join in. So what we're talking about in the next session is being prepare or preparing yourself for this holiday holiday season for a, to be able to be real still with taking that theme through the whole session the whole series and we will be sharing through our proven processes and tools from us as women being busy in our own businesses and our lives and whilst while we are starting to think about our festive season. Our speakers next week, we may have a guest speaker, but it will be Dr. Hilda, who is sleeping at the moment, and I will introduce you to her in a moment, and Regina from New Zealand. Hilda is from Los Angeles. So that gives you a little bit of uh, insight into what's coming up. 
So can I please take the opportunity to introduce our core speakers? And Carly Alfaro is living in Perth. She's, a Chile, she's born Chilean. And actually, she has a lot of exciting things happening in her life right now. She's about to launch her very first book called Empowered Minds. And actually, I should have grabbed it so I could show you. But I'm so excited for her. And I'm actually the MC for her event this Sunday. And I have no doubt that this mind, this book will change lives. I've started to read it, but I know Kelly's work. So if you haven't heard her speak, she is actually speaking, and she may join us today. She's actually running around getting ready for her book launch, but she is specifically one of the speakers in the last week in this series. Dr. Hilda is a, a professional medicine uh, medical doctor, but also has done specific training in metabolic uh, work. And her expertise is weight loss and hormone balance. And so you'll hear from her next fortnight. And Hilda, as I said, also, she's sleeping at the moment. That's the time, you know, that's the time zone. But um, I have to say that everybody in this group, the core speakers, we all have so much happening in our life that I have to say thank you very much for everybody getting on board and really demonstrating this act of cooperation. And Hilda is, is, is absolutely no exception. Regina, a young mum from New Zealand. And I think, again, she has been at a, she does bars. Um, so it's a, it's a hands-on healing process. And so she's actually been at that all day. So I don't think that she's going to be turning up tonight, but you never know. You never know. And tonight, Rosemary is speaking. <laughs> I always go, Mahaki, can you pronounce that properly? I always feel so embarrassed when I don't know people's names properly. Rosemary, can you pronounce your name correctly for me it's muay haki muay haki i'm going to practice that Me Much haki. Better. Yes, yes thank you i met rosemary in mombasa in 2018 and rosemary was one of those ladies that she drove for three hours to see me for breakfast which shows me for a start that this lady goes beyond what is expected, obviously. And that's how she's got to where she's got to. So you're in for a treat today to hear Rosemary's, I think, different take on life, not only because of where she lives in Mombasa in, in Kenya, but also I think because of her expertise, but then her specialised education that she has put herself through her life gives her a really, really unique point of view and a unique way of being able to put over her view. And of course, Hema, I absolutely love Hema, two pieces. Hema is in London. And well, what can I say? I just think Hema is one of those ladies that um, for me, she always has my back and I can depend on her. I can talk to Hema about anything. I know she's going to listen. And she's one of those people that I would sincerely miss if for some reason we weren't able to have our regular conversation. So I'm so blessed to be able to have Hema on here with us today. And we've also got Hema's long-term friend, assistant, offsider, take care of her in Tina. So um, maybe Tina will have something to say today as well. 
So as you can see through all these slides, our topic today is how to feel real in our fake world. Oh, this is a photo of me. So you just about heard enough from me already today. Um, but I am the founder of um, Global Women's Voice and the person that really bosses people around and then hopes that everybody turns up because I know that they have magic to share. So what we're talking about today and our key speakers, myself, Hemmer and Miyaki, but I call her Rosemary. <laughs> and oh, <yeah>. going, <laughs> we are going to swap to um, sharing the, not sharing the screen so that we can see the speaker so if you could, if you'd like to do that, Tina, that would be fantastic. And what you might want to do is you can actually, um, you can go to gallery view, which in the top hand right corner, you, there is a little box, which means you can see every, everybody on the same gallery at the same time. And then if you want to specifically to be seeing the person who is speaking, you can pin that person and that person will take up the whole screen and the rest of us will be then on the top. So please feel free to see the screen in the best that's going to work for you the best. And if you have any questions, you know, whatever. Try to keep um, your sound off. And the structure is what we will do is we will go through and discuss sort of fairly loosely what our um, perceptions are of what this term means, how to feel real in our fake world. And I've actually written down, I've been organized and I have actually written down some points that are in my um, Amazon book that comes, that I've taken straight out of there that I wanted to share with you. And then we open it up. So if you have questions, if you have comments, we really, really, really want to hear from you. This session will go for hopefully just under 1.5 hours. And then we, um, we, we, if you want to go back and hear it, we are... There, there will be a replay. The other exciting thing before I go is we are making a podcast. And so the last three series are all at, as we speak going into a podcast. And so this will also go into a podcast. So um, if you don't want your name mentioned, don't because they won't hear it, but they will hear your voice and they will hear your question. They will hear answers. So now realize that it's um, it will be truly going global in, in the podcast system. So um, welcome once again. Can we go to seeing the stop? Yeah. Sharing? Yeah. So Di, I'm going to stop participant sharing now. Let's, let's make sure. There you go. That's fantastic. So make sure that you see the screen that you want to see. Um, like, for instance, if I said to um, Rosemary that it would be great if, you know, she went first, for instance, I, on my screen, I would right-click and then up comes pin video. I can pin her and then Rosemary's right there in front of me. So I'm not really having to, you know, look and see who's, who's speaking. Yeah. But then if you want to go to full screen, you can go up in the top right-hand corner of your computer, go gallery view, and there again, you'll see everybody there together. So please use the screen to your advantage. So because I preempted that, Rosemary, welcome. Can you introduce yourself and maybe do an introduce introduction first um, for yourself and Hammer, and then we'll come back to the subject. Is that okay? 
that's how it's fine. So my name is Mwehaki Kahiga. And uh, because of the global perspective, you can call me Rosemary. It's so much easier to pronounce that. I am a mother of one. My son is 15, uh, growing strong. And, um, you know, it's quite a challenge actually bringing up a child. And I'm a single mom. So, um, you know, we are at that stage of teenagehood where it's actually trial and error. We are, we're busy doing trial and error in uh, bringing up a teenager. And it's fantastic. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I live in Kenya, as uh, Dai had said, south, the north of Mombasa, which is slightly about an hour. It's a beautiful little city with amazing uh, uh, landscapes, absolutely gorgeous. You, would, you should all come here. Like, if you're ever planning a holiday, you need to get here, and I will be your host. Thank you so much for having me today. I am looking forward to expressing the real me, the real feelings uh, in a world that has constantly tried to make me someone different. Thank you, Rosemary. And I can't reiterate what Rosemary just said then, is where she lives is absolutely gorgeous. I didn't actually go to her city. I was in Mombasa. But Rosemary posts on her Facebook and on her Instagram account, which is on the artwork that you've seen, and we can post it later or we can go back so that you can go, but just, you know, Go and find her, type it in and find, get her name because what's what's your name come up with? It's your, yeah, Mihaki, right? Yes. Name. Go and find her and follow her. The, her photos are amazing. I love them. Thank you. Mm. Emma, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you good tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, yeah, so this is a bit I'm worst at, you know, I mean, how do you box yourself into any kind of, you know, label, but um, so psychologist, uh, mentor, I live in London, I'm delighted to be a part of this because I love that it's never become anything more than just conversations that anybody can join in on, whether it's live or whether it's a weekend. Um, and, you know, I guess for me, it's really, really about having a voice and giving other people a voice and, and being able to speak in the safe space um, about anything and everything. The kind of conversations that, you know, we really need to be having with global women in particular, because, of course, we can all speak to people who are closest to us, our network, our friends, our family. We all share similar values, similar ideas, similar cultural upbringing. And it's really lovely to get different perspectives. And I, every time I'm learning something different, something new. And so it's just really, really wonderful for me to be here, to be able to share some of my thoughts. I never know what's going to come up. Um, and that's the beauty of it all. I love the organicness. Yes, I also love this organic, organic, even though I come with thoughts and my thoughts and my feelings start several days before the topic. Yes. And I'm sure they do if you're a speaker. And it's often funny how I find that the issue that we are talking about often comes closer to my face, closer yes. to my life more of a reality in my in my life and then what I see on the outside. And so um, it's been a personal journey for me this last week again. And I love that because I go, okay, you know, this is in my psyche. We're talking about fakeness. Now, where, where am I fake? 
Where am I not authentic? Where am I and how do I take myself off track from myself? So, Hema, because you are on my screen, would you like to, would you just like to kick this off? Um, when, yeah. when you think of fakeness and real and reality and the world we live in now and the world we used to live in and, you know, where can you start this as a conversation that we can start to flesh out? Uh, so we're living in a very, very tricky world. And I guess I would start by saying that, you know, what surprises me, I absolutely agree with you, Di, that, you know, any topic suddenly begins to surface in lots of different ways, which shows the organicness and synchronicity of life, which I love, you know, because what I've been noticing more and more, of course, this is something very close to my heart um, about truth, about being real, about, you know, what does it mean to be real, especially as women? And, you know, what we think is real is not necessarily what is real, because what we think is real, you know, etiquette, manners, uh, being polite, being kind. And, you know, sometimes, you know, what I talked about yesterday on my course was no, you know, real love is real and it's not always kind. It doesn't always have manners. It doesn't have etiquette because sometimes you've got to be raw and you've got to be really coming from your heart and your gut. And sometimes there's a fire behind it. And so, you know, we've been brought up, you know, a lot of people, you know, women in particular, we've been brought up to be, you know, very thoughtful and kind and, and really not allowing our true voice to emerge. And I'm not saying that we can't be kind because, of course, kindness is inherent in how we deliver messages when it's real. But it's, you know, for me, it's really, really important that we start being able to express our truth in a much, much more uncensored way. So, you know, censorship has been really big for me this week. And I find that really, really upsetting because that is creating fakeness in the world, especially for people who think they're being real, but they're only getting one side of the story. And it's so important that we expand our consciousness to be able to see the bigger picture, whether we're being fed it or not. You know, in a world where we're bombarded with stimuli, where we're bombarded with news on every platform possible, you know, we no longer have to turn on the television and watch the news to be bombarded with news. And so, you know, and we no longer, you know, everybody has a, an opinion, but I think that, you know, being real is about being able to hear all sides and all perspectives and be able to metabolize it in a way that we reach our own truth and that is so, so important in today's world that we become more discerning, more truthful about who we are and more truthful about what is right for us and being able to voice it in a powerful uh, way so that others can really hear it. Rosemary, do you have anything to add or comment? Um, yes, I, I, I do. When I think about being real and being fake and what the world has come to in um, this era, I'm reminded of um, how we were brought up, where we were brought up and the environment around us and where we are now and the environment that we live in, be it a social environment, be it a financial environment, be it what people consider as successful and what is good and what is bad. And what basically comes to my mind is the fact that our environment 
defines a lot of whether we are going to be real people or fake people. If I go back to my younger years when I was younger, for us, um, you had to act in a particular way to be accepted in the society. For example, I know this is really weird, but in my growing up era, when I was about 14, a lady was not supposed to wear a trousers to church. And I was a young woman with opinions and, and a strong personality, and I would wear a trouser to church. And basically what that would mean is that everybody would think that this woman is abnormal. She's not okay, because the environment at that particular moment was molding us to believe that if you wore a skirt or a dress, you are a more acceptable woman in the society. And so a lot of the people that I actually grew up with had to conform to what the, end of, uh, the environment required them to be so that they can be considered acceptable. It's the same thing about success. I remember there were families in my upbringing time where that particular family was considered successful because the children went to a particular school, all their father worked in a particular industry um, and all those things. And so a lot of the people that I actually grew up with ended up living what they were not or who they were not because the environment required them to act in a particular way so that they can be accepted. And it is happening all over again not in the sense of where we are actually brought up or the environment at the, the grassroots, but in our social environments. The social media, there's a lot of uh, um, illusions on who is the right person to be. Who is a good woman? Who is a successful woman? Who is a successful politician? Who is a successful leader? The social environment that we are currently living in is making us conform into particular ways, which not necessarily mean that's who we are. It just basically is making us accept the status quo, accept the competition that is in the world, and follow a particular path, not necessarily being ourselves. And in a world which is uh, basically trying to change us into what it thinks or defines is the right person to be. I mean, come to think about it, even beauty is defined in particular um, ways in the current world. And so we have to act and behave in, or, or, or apply or change our outlooks to conform with what the beauty standards are in today's world. Same thing with, uh, with, with fashion. The fashion trends that we have in the world today, it's a whole environmental impact into what people are becoming and who they really need to be. Going back to what Hima has just talked about, true love cannot be real until you yourself, you're acting from a perspective of being real. As long as you're faking any aspect of your life, you will struggle to be a true human who can express being real. Beautiful. You know, I see, I see and hear so many different things we could flesh out here. And for me, what I hear and what, I, what resonates with for me, and I'm sure we all have different things, and I'd like you to write those different aspects down because that's what we'll bring into our discussion. Um, for me, when Hema said, you know, love is so... It's the good and the bad and the ugly. 
And I think that, you know, I just, there's, there's so many times that in my marriage of 43 years, I go, wow, you know, I could just leave this. I'm, I'm done, you know, and that's real. That's so real. And so how can, how can we accept each other more for who we are and build that trust and have the stickability? And I think that that's part of this whole conversation of the fakeness to being real and that ability that, again, Hema and I think both Rosemary mentioned is that discerning, that that ability to discern what is happening on the inside what is real what are we feeling are we labeling those feelings and then how are we being affected by our environment absolutely, absolutely. just if i can just say that you know um part of it you know for me is that we're not even conscious you know it's like rosemary um when you were in going to church you know, you were probably being judged by other women. They didn't even think that there was anything wrong with judging you or that there was something wrong with thinking that you were less than anything other than the most beautiful being uh, for, for dressing how you wanted to dress, you know. And so that's, you know, and like you say, Di, you know, about love. And, you know, it is the fact that it is so socially embedded in us that we have to show up a particular way, that we have to, as Rosemary was talking about, dress in a particular way, but also love. You know, the idea that you're less than a decent, a beautiful human being, um, if your marriage is struggling or you have bad days or you've had an argument or whatever it might be. And so, of course, we are now with social media, with all the stuff that we have, everybody's portraying and making those people who have real lives feel inadequate somehow. You know, those people who are going, oh, should I not have got angry about this? Should I have not, you know, had an argument with my partner about this? Or should I not be wearing this? Am I going to be judged, you know? So, you know, I think it's about breaking free from, you know, the, the embeddedness of what we have grown up with. It's about recognizing that we can be whoever we wanna be. And the more courage we have, the more we are going to be celebrated for being who we really are. Because everybody's desperate. I feel everybody is desperate to be real. I think people are, uh, have had enough of pretending and denying. And that is the chaos we're seeing in the world is the inner conflict, the inner unhappiness with having to fit into a society that's just not real. You know, what are we trying to fit into? Well, I think, um, Hema, I want to I reiterate what you just said about the awareness. I mean, I'm, I'm actually in a situation now with a group of friends, and I will be candid here because that's the way we speak here. I am in a situation with a group of friends that I've known for about 30 odd years. I've knocked around with them. Been, we've done a lot of things. We've traveled together. And one man decided that he didn't like the way that I was not in his mind supporting my husband in, my in, his, in our business, in our business. I do the admin. I do the marketing. I actually do the logistics. I keep this whole business on track. And it's a good, it's a good stable business and has been for 40 years. Mm -hmm. 
But when this last eight or nine years that I've been doing a lot of online stuff, I've been picking up a lot of my tools and putting them into packages and I've been working and I have, and so we changed that, our business structure seven years ago. And he didn't like that because he felt that I wasn't being the right wife, female support. And what has transpired, and it's been such an interesting observation, and it had me on the floor one day, like in total tears, when I rang up to go to a, an event to say, oh, what can I bring? Because the girls had said to me, oh, we're going here and there, and I'm doing this, and, and we'd all take stuff. You know, if we were taking something, if we, we had an event, we would all take the food and contribute. And um, so I rang up the people that the event was at. And I was told that I wasn't invited. I was shattered. And it surprised me how shattered I was, how unloved I felt, how, I mean, I mean I'm going back there, how excluded I felt. And that was two years ago. And so what's happened over this two years ago is that the women in the group and the group is not little the group is maybe 10 or 12 of us and they're all very well educated and the women are now starting to see that this is not okay but it's taken them two years and it's taken them two years to start to include me because they weren't aware of what actually happened right they knew what happened because they were all around the dinner table when this man stood up and said, oh, the Downies aren't coming this week, this time. That's a lot. That was a downright lie. Mm -hmm. But wow. this is what happens. And it's not, it's, I mean, I just don't have anything to do with those guys now because it's not good. It's, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not going to take part in this. And I have a choice as to what I do. And I'm an independent woman and I have a choice as to what I speak about. And I think over this two years has really been a learning curve for me to recognise that the amount of courage that it has taken for me to keep going back in and making relationships, building different relationships with the people within that group, but it's different because I can I've now see them in a different light because now I'm more aware Mm -hmm. and I can see what I was tolerating and because that put me on a, in the floor in a gibbering tears it just shook me it just shook me to my core so I had no way of avoiding the awareness Absolutely. and it's a shame that we have to be taken to those places to be put into the awareness but I think that this is what Rosemary was saying and Hemi, you were saying is we often are not aware and then it's so then we make it okay for fakeness to continue. Yes. It takes a lot of courage, Di, to say exactly what you've said, like to accept that someone made you feel like crap for whatever reasons they did that. It takes a lot, a lot of courage and this if I speak from the, the, the places that I have come from, I was just telling a friend yesterday that I've gone through a lot of rejection in life that I, sometimes it will force you to try and fit in as opposed to being yourself 
because I'm scared that if I do what I'm or I be me, then I might just get get into the rejection box once again. And 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 so if people do not accept us for who we are, if people do not allow us to express ourselves and be ourselves, um, then as you have said, it is you have all the rights to protect yourself and, and get out of the crowd. It's not an easy thing, and it is not easy to wake up and say, I'm, I've known you guys for 20 years, but because you've made me feel like this and you've not allowed me to be myself, I am going to get away from it. It's not easy. But if you have to be authentic, where in a world actually where everybody else is taken, you, you, you can try to be whoever you want to be, but they're taken, they are not you. And it doesn't matter if you paste that on your face. What happens is you just get ashamed, you feel lost, you, you lose your confidence in the process. And so it is very important to try as much as possible and remain authentic no matter what you're feeling. Now, the reason why people or we do, or I even myself do not express what I am feeling at particular moments is that fear. And fear is, is, is a strong determinant of where you're going to be tomorrow if you allow it to overtake you. I have seen myself fear something and, and, and just shrink. And, and a few years later, I look back and say, I wish I had done this because if I had done this at that particular moment, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I, I, I agree with, with, with what you and him are saying that it is important for us to be aware because once you're aware, you can be able to now make a decision and making an informed decision and then being able to say that I am going to be me despite all this, then that is what is called courage. And if we all could, it does not mean that we will not fall. It does not mean that we will not feel these things. It does not mean that we won't get tempted to fit in and to try to wear the face that the world wants us to wear. But it is vital that we, when we feel those things, we actually get aware that they are there and be able to make the right decision to move to the next step of allowing ourselves to be us. It takes a lot of courage and I'm proud that you actually had the courage to share that. Yeah. Oh, I'm very courageous. I have learned to be courageous. And at times that's been to the detriment of myself. And at times it's taken me to a very different, beautiful space. And I think as you say, Hema, I think uh, um, Rosemary just there is that we do have to make those decisions and we hope those decisions will take us to another level of self-evolution. That's my aim. And, and the other thing that is also lacking, if I might, I might just put that before Hema comes in, is there's lack of, uh, uh, of uh, this um, safe spaces where we can actually express the real us without being judged and objectified and all those other things. And this is why I think it is important to have spaces like global women's voice where I can come in and I can say who I am, where I am, and without worry that any of you is going to be judging me. So 
for us to be able to teach this to the rest of the world from this platform to the people that are out there, the world requires a lot of safe spaces. People that can actually sit and talk and not judge and know that love is going to flow within that system and that no one is going to blame you for what you said or, or think that you're not a superwoman after that. Absolutely. Um, beautifully said both of you and you know, absolutely agree the courage and you are very courageous. And I think that that's why I love you, Di, because you know, it is, and that's why we're here. You know, the women who are here, I, I would say, are all women who value courage because that's what it takes to be a good leader. You know, you have to break out of the norm. You have to break out of the conditioning. You have to break out of what is acceptable in order to create a new level of acceptableness. And, you know, and we've been doing it for, for centuries and we're going to have to keep on doing it. And each time we realize there's another level. And so, you know, it's, it is shocking when something happens, but sometimes that's what it takes to break us out of that sort of help hypnosis. You know, I call it society's hypnosis, where we've all, you know, been come into the world where at the moment I would say, you know, being like everybody else is valued and being real, you know, requires the courage to not be like everyone else, the courage to not fear being judged because of course there's huge amount of judgment because people don't like it when they think that you're, you know, different because they see it as that you're going against them. You know, they don't see it as, oh, well, that's an interesting perspective, or that's an interesting point of view, or that's an interesting way of being in the world. You know, people go, oh my God, you're not like me. There's something wrong here. You must be my enemy. You know, you must be against me somehow. And it's like, no, why, why can't we have differences of opinions? Why can't we have differences of how we choose to show up in the world um, and not be judged? But I tell you, the judgment comes often from the people who wish they had the courage to be that. So, you know, that's mm. we have to take courage and go, okay, I know where it's coming from. And, you know, I wish you to get to that space and place where you can truly be yourself. That's the only reason you're judging me. And, you know, and that, and that comes back to how do we be real? We be real by recognizing, yes, we are paving the way forward. We are leaders of our own lives. We don't have to be leading, you know, in any kind of, kind of corporate way or anything. It's about being leaders of our own life. And it's about being able to see the truth and go, bless you, bless you for judging me. You know, die what you went through, bless those people, right? Because, you know, they're stuck in a mindset that is very limiting, quite frankly, right? You know, because anything that doesn't allow for expansion, anything that doesn't allow for growth, um, you know, is limiting. And um, I won't want to be stuck in a limiting mindset or a limiting lifestyle. So I'm very proud um, to know you and all of you, you know, here, you know, talking about these things and going, yeah, absolutely, we have a right to be ourselves. As Rosemary said, everybody else is taken, but also, you know, we are here to be ourselves because that's how we fit into the whole. 
you know we all have a purpose and we all fit into the whole and the only way we can truly come back to wholeness is by being our true true authentic self and and that changes from day to day it changes because today what is true for us you know, now with the context of the moment, you know, might not be true tomorrow. That doesn't mean that I'm not real because, you know, that's another thing I've really experienced a lot is, you know, but you said that last week. Well, yes, but that was a con context. There was a context to what I said or what I felt or what I believed. And today something has grown in me or changed. Somehow the landscape has changed and I can change my mind. You know, that is being real as well. I can be real and change my mind about something because my perspective has shifted. The awareness that, you know, you both talked about. When we gain awareness, we can, you know, see things differently. And that's what we're here to do, to evolve and grow and keep on shifting our perspective so there is more expansion, more room for something greater and bigger one that comes to my mind, well, you know, in, in this conversation right now is the word diversity. And imagine a world where we were all the same. We all looked the same. We all thought the same. We all behaved the same. Imagine a world where all the birds looked the same. The wildlife looked the same. The scenarios were all the same. I think life would be very boring. And so mm -hmm. the fact that, that, that we have refused to accept diversity which is we are all different in our own ways, yet we are the same, but we are very different. We come from different backgrounds. Our environments are different. The, the things that make us tick, I mean, I love watching the sunset on a daily basis and I can promise you there's no one day I have looked at the sunset and it is the same. If nature itself is not going to be the same, it keeps changing. Uh, things change on a daily basis. It's a good lesson that we should be able to accept each other for who we are because the lack of acceptance creates judgment, which then forces people to try to fit into a particular status quo and then allows us to think that it is okay to change ourselves or to behave in a particular way that will be more acceptable. Whereas it is not right, Hollywood makes beauty look a particular way. If you're not a size six or a size four, you're, you're not acceptable. And so you will do everything possible to try and fit into uh, what the world is, is accepting. But we should be able to accept the diversity. And that is why the people that are judging us, the people that, that are putting us in the positions where we have to feel like we are not good enough or we should not say or express what we have. And we should know that those people have a problem. They are the ones that have refused to accept that everything is different. Exactly. It was created differently. Mm. We are all different. Imagine if I looked exactly like all of you, what would you be looking at on this screen right now? But like we're all the same, we're all looking the same and our voices are the same, our smiles are the same. I mean, I love diversity. And that's the word that is now right now ticking in my head that if the world could accept diversity, then we wouldn't have to be fake. We would all be able to say that that's exactly what it was supposed to be 
and how it is supposed to be at that particular moment. And if it changes tomorrow, there's no harm done. Only fools don't change their mind actually. So if today I like um, uh, long hair and tomorrow I want my short hair, then I need to be accepted for that. And I don't need to try and fit in into uh, what the world thinks um, is going to make me look prettier or more acceptable as a woman, because I changed my mind and I should be allowed to do that. Thank you, Rosemary. I, I always love the way you articulate yourself. But Hema, do you have a, a particular set of tools or thoughts or processes or something off the top of your head that you could share with everybody today that you think would help them, that they could take away to use to, I don't want to say avoid, have more awareness about that phoniness? non-authenticness, being taken off track from ourselves? Yeah. Um, well, I guess that, that lack of, of real connection to our true selves, you know, and it can show up in a multitude of ways. And, and I guess the sadness is that some of it is unconscious. You know, we're just not aware um, that we might, you know, think differently. Like, I you know, quick example what that Rosemary sort of shared about, you know, in growing up when I went to secondary school for the first three years of secondary school, which is high school, uh, we girls weren't allowed to wear trousers. And then all of a sudden we were allowed to wear trousers. Every single girl wore trousers um, and apart from me. And then all of a sudden there was a judgment on me for wearing a skirt, you know? It's like, just because you're allowed doesn't mean you have to, you know? What was, you know, what was beautiful was inclusion. We could do what we wanted because we had a particularly bad, bad winter. But, you know, I was quite comfortable with my little skirt and I was very happy with it. So I guess the tools that, you know, so this is where I want to be really real, Di. So I hope you don't mind me saying this. You know, I, I don't believe that there are shortcuts and I don't believe that there are any quick tools to get somewhere I think there is discipline there is commitment and there is intention and we have to follow through um, to really discover who we really are and it is a process of real genuine self-inquiry self-reflection and healing if necessary you know healing ancestral patterns and things that we've carried in our DNA but the, the tip that I would like to share is that something that people might want to consider is, you know, every day, you know, when we do a bit of writing, waking up, making a commitment to self-care, a commitment to self-reflection. So, I, you know, I think Julia Cameron, she's written a book, The Artist's Way, she calls it um, Morning Pages. And lots of people talk about journaling, and I love journaling. It's one of the things that, you know, really set me on my path. So the tool I would share is, you know, make time to identify your core values. And the way to do that is simply to just, you know, what do you love? Your values are absolutely connected to what you love, who you love. When you love somebody so much, what is it that you love about them? Be it a real person or be it some sort of celebrity, some person in the media, what is it that you love? Because often what you love in your life or what you love about somebody is 
are the qualities that you either already have in yourself and it needs to come out, it needs to be given a voice to, or it's a quality that you need to develop, you know? So find out what your core values are and then check in. When you're in a situation where there's a conflict, where, you know, like the situation you talked about, Di, you know, where the people all sort of agreed that the Downies weren't coming, it's like, you know, I'm sure some of them, if they really tapped into their core values, would have gone, well, that's not acceptable, or I'm going to question it, or I'm going to ask questions, or, you know, I'm going to say that's not okay, I, I'm not going to tolerate it. That's where we develop self-awareness, when we do it by knowing ourselves, and the more we tap into what our values are, the more we are able to discern and make decisions according to what our values are rather than being swept along with society swept along with mainstream swept along with what the general consensus is and that is how we are able to tap into our own authentic selves and sometimes we may not be able to do it immediately but at least the awareness is there i didn't like that i didn't speak up that time but maybe next time i will so that's that's one of the things that i would suggest people would want to try and if I can add to what you have said before we go to Rosemary, because I'm sure Rosemary came prepared with some tips, is, and Regina knows that she's done my, my mentorship, is for me in my work is I encourage people to look for values, to, to check in and so and see, well, is that now really important? Yes. And is am I setting up my life so that I am seeing my values operate because a value is something we can touch it's something we do it's something that is operating in our life and then for the needs to be able to as you said Hema be able to articulate what it is that we need ask for what we need and sometimes most of the time we don't know what we need but to put that awareness on what we need and then to have the courage to come out and say what we need whilst living what it is that is important to us. And I think the other thing that I want to talk to, to bring up from what you were just saying then is the word toleration, because that's the process that I use and have developed. But it's like, I, I've heard people say this to me over the years, oh, I, 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 I don't want to talk about tolerations because I don't like the word. But it's like, that to me is like, that's not being real. Because... What are you tolerating then? Because toleration is a real word and it's very clear. Mm -hmm. And so what is the language we are using inside between our ears and what is the language that we are using outside of us? And is it clear and precise and does it resonate with us so that we can see our values operating and our needs being met and what we are tolerating? So it all goes in this cycle. So I love that, that you shared that. And I also have to agree that this is not a quick fix. <laughs> There's no quick fix. This is an evolve. It can, yeah, it cannot be a quick fix. You know, going back to where I started with uh, that our environments really determine, I mean, how real we become. There's, there's, there's another word that comes to my head that I would think we all need to, you know, come to terms to, that we have the, our, our adaptive self, the person that adapted to what is accepted. So that adaptive self 
And then we have our authentic self. So who we are really, which is uh, what Hima is talking about. Finding your core values will help you understand who your authentic self is. And so you need to be able to do that part of being authentic self and write down what makes me really authentic and special and unique. And then you need to look back and say, my environment, my world, the people I live with, the things I do, the job I do, has made me to adapt into a particular sort of a person. So for you to be able to, or for you and me to be able to um, be real and express ourselves as real, we need to separate those two individuals. The adaptive you and the authentic you. Because my adaptive self is, 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 uh, is, is really creepy sometimes. Um, she can be here and you're talking there and she's not listening. Because she's adapting to the fact that you're just yapping and I'm not interested in listening to that, but I'm acting like I'm listening. And that adaptive self can be really destructive because I'm not portraying the true me. So it's important that we identify and separate those two people while we are trying um, to get into a, 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 a place of reality. What are the discrepancies between that authentic you and that adaptive you? Those discrepancies are the things that we need to work on. And once we have worked on those ones, then being real is not as hard. But until you accept that you have an adaptive self that stops you from being authentic, you cannot actually identify those discrepancies and allow yourself to become a real human being. Where in your doubts? So what are the things that you doubt about yourself? I mean, I have so many doubts about so many things and maybe they happen in the middle of the night when I'm alone. And when I'm out there in the world, I'm more confident, pretty and amazing. But when I'm received back to, I mean, the silence of my own space, I have some self-doubt. If I can identify those self-doubts, it is very easy for me to deal with them so that then I don't have to fake anything. Because if I face the doubts, then I am facing the, the, the silent devil that only speaks to me when I am alone. And then when I get into the crowd, I want to, the, to justify those doubts and you know, by fitting in, which then I need to deal with these doubts. So I have to do that. And I think we all have to do that, deal with the self-doubt um, and, and, and face my own fears, the things that I fear when I am alone, the things that, um, uh, you know, freak me out and, and, and make me want to, you know, hide behind my skin. And, and maybe I sometimes I ask, can this world open up and swallow me? And I don't want to be here anymore. Those things that I really fear needs to be dealt with for me to be able to be real. And the last thing that I want to point out of this is, I had to learn to love myself. I have my faults, I have my doubts, I have my uh, fake parts and uh, the things that I'm not real and those things that I am all action about, but I have to love me. If you cannot love yourself for who you are, that person that you truly are, you will always try to fit in. I will always try to be like someone else if I don't love the me that I truly am. And how do I do that? By forgiving myself, forgiving the things that I did not achieve that I thought I should have achieved, 
forgiving the things that I don't look like that I think maybe I should have looked like. Forgiving myself for not having um, a flawless skin or for not having um, a, a size, uh, a bottle shaped body or not having a particular length of my foot or the fact that my lips are not big enough to be sexy and everything. I have to forgive myself for all those things because they happen in the background of our minds. When we are alone, they become doubts, they become fears and we are unable to be authentic. So those are the few tools that I think uh, we can all use and you know somehow uh, we'll get to a point where we are realistic and real in, in feelings and expressions. Thank you, Rosemary. Now, well, I made a list to bring. I never make lists apart from things to do. I live by lists, but I never am prepared enough. But as I said it right at the very beginning, I was really aware. It brought this awareness up of when I'm losing that connection with myself. And so I just, I just started to like be really aware of the things that I do in my life, in my outer life, that's, that connects me. And there was things like, of course, I, I, every day, twice a day, I go to the park and I'm bare feet, which I absolutely love. But then I always also go with my dog. And when I'm picking up the dog poo, there's nothing more than when you pull out the bag, you've got to pick up the dog poo, you tie the bag up, you know, you've got to make sure that you are actually aware. It's just simple stuff of being able to be in contact with dogs and animals, people, children, especially kids under five. I have a little grandson now who's like eight, seven months old or something. And like, again, you know, he farts, he burps, he vomits. That's reality. And I think so often we, we separate ourselves from these really real activities in our life that actually help us to be real. I think the other thing that um, helps me to stay connected is dates and times and logistics. It's, it's a reason why a big part of me stays in our event production business because it makes me get in the car at times and have to go to fix a problem on site. And I'm not just working in the invisible and creating programs and talking to people. For me, to stay alive and aware and real, to be able to fix a problem and to be of value to somebody and to some situation and to think and be creative and be initiative, to use my initiative. Um, alkaline diet, of course, for me is right up there. Good quality water is really up there for me. Carving out time for specific types of meditation. And now I'm going more for the inner world the specific types of meditation you know I have a discipline in the morning but I choose specific what do I need you know sometimes I don't know so then I go to my fallback types of meditations or visualizations or practices but am I aware enough and and at times I'm not aware enough so just press the button um, the other thing that I sort of have mentioned is being aware of our language and omitting things that take us or make us feel unworthy or less than. And one of the words, which is in my Connect Your Dots program right now, is this is one of the exercises, if, is take just one word out. And my word is just. 
when I say the word just, it takes me away from who I really am. And it takes me into a, light, a lower vibration. It takes me into at times minimizing my work. It takes me away from minimizing who I am just by using the word just. Um, I think I, I, I think the main one for me that um, is huge, and I know that everybody here is also in the same boat, is what is the problem that we are solving that is bigger than us? And are we surrounding ourselves with people that we can have the support of that when we it gets too big for us because we are in a big problem, do we have the trust and the support of another human being that we can be real with and cry with or be angry with? And for me, they would be my tips for you to take away. So can I, I really want to thank Hema for a start and Rosemary for this, I think, quite a bouncing conversation. And I'd like to now open this up for everybody and you can mute and unmute yourself and, and we all respect each other's um, sound. But what, what are you taking away and what would you like to add to and what, what sparked you from one of our comments that you would like to add to this to finish this off in the next 30 minutes or less than 30 minutes? Who would like to go first? And maybe, Hema, you, you want to, you know, continue this conversation and other people will jump in as they hear. Yeah. Before everyone jumps in, I'd love to, to hear what everybody thinks because it's about, you know, everyone having a, a voice and I'm just having a quick read of the messages, which is really lovely. Um, so, you know, and, you know, and you, Di, I would love to thank you as well. You know, for um, really being so open and vulnerable and sharing. And you have so much experience and so much to contribute here. And so it's really, really important you hear your voice, even though you're, yeah, and especially as you're facilitating, it's lovely for you to have shared as, as much as you did. The only one thing I'd love to say to Mwihaku, if that's okay, is, you know, I, I want to be real here. And I would say, you know, you don't need to forgive yourself for those things. You need to forgive the others. You know, it's not about self-forgiveness, self-love comes from being able to forgive others for not being able to have allowed you um, as a generalization, because it's not everybody, but the others who are not able to love themselves enough to be able to accept our, our incredible beauty that comes from our unique selves. You don't need to forgive yourself for any of it. So, you know, that's the last thing I will just end on. And Thank you, Helma. Mm. I think this is such an important conversation. You know, it just, real conversations are important. I'm so over the inaneness of yes. conversations. I just, I have to walk away now. I, I, I am intolerant of inane conversations. Maybe it's part of my age, it's part of my evolution, but it's also I know that it's like I want to live my life. I want to be real. Exactly. Di, shall I shall I start with the comments and then we can invite others to jump in as well? If yeah, well, if to. somebody's got something to say, yes. But there's some beautiful comments here, yes. 
there are some beautiful comments. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just jump in and share quickly. And, yes. And over. But I think one of the things, I guess, one of the unexpected sort of gems of my life, um, having been on this path with Hema for, for quite some time, and now that I see really clearly, is that I'm mostly able to listen with my heart. And that means that um, having grown up in an environment where, um, um, you know, was taught that if you went to the best university and you work for prestigious organizations and there's all these symbols that you surround yourself with and they define goodness and happiness in your life. And I think that obviously left me very confused. Um, and so having now been on this path, I can listen to someone who may have all the accolades in the world and I can tell that they have, I can just tell that they have an unhappiness or um, a lack of love somewhere. That means that what they're saying just isn't true. And similarly, I can speak to someone else and see beyond, they might not look like a good person. They might not have all the credentials. In fact, they sometimes don't look like a good person at all, but where they're coming from when you observe them is from such a place of purity and genuinely wanting the best for others. And I think that is an unexpected and beautiful gift of my path and particularly my work with Hema because she's all about connecting with the heart and really tapping into the heart. And it's something I never looked for. I never said, hey, I want to be able to listen with my heart, but it's something that I have now. So I can listen to all of you sharing and I love it because I know it's coming from a genuine place. And I think that a lot of the world isn't sort of trained in that way. And I think that's that's obviously part of part of the problem that we see in society. And that's that's again something that's you know I know very close to Hammer's heart is actually being able to discern who the right leaders are and where they're coming from. And I guess on a micro level, that's something that I'm I'm really grateful to have every day is to discern who, where people are coming from and what that message means. So I just wanted to jump in and share that message about really listening with the heart. Thanks for sharing, Tamina. That's uh, you know really, really, really lovely. Yes, and that's that's again, you know, about us women. You know, global women's voice, and I know it's for men as well. And we've invited men to join us for the. I'm sure they'll they'll might jump on the replay rather than being here. Hopefully, um, but um, you know, it's it's about recognizing that's the rise of the feminine and the heart energy and the qualities of the heart, because that's the kind of leadership we we really need. You know, all of us being able to be vulnerable and open and share, and this tribal instinct. You know, to really really connect. Um, and so I loved what you said, Di, you know, about the fact that we do, you know, we need that one person. And, and you know, and I guess that's you, Tina. You've seen the most real me possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good to well, know I'm still loved. <laughs> well, it's wonderful because it, it opens up my thinking, you know, because um, I guess I can be more... Um, you know sort of see things in a less expansive way so when when I hear you talking about these things because obviously the more real the gen the more genuinely happy you become so it might look like we're looking at the biggest problems more than someone walking up the street sees and I don't believe ignorance is bliss because I think that actually the capacity for happiness is so much better when you're able to get real so I'm very grateful for your real very real conversations because I know they open up so much more for me and for others so yeah I think that realness is being able to see the good bad and the ugly which is where we started 
exactly. you know, and be and there is no right or wrong. This is life. This is, you know, stuff happens in your life. It's not all roses. And how can we flow with it and be connected with it so that we can grow with it? I think that is as Tina was saying, this is it's a skill. And one that we are certainly not taught in schools. No, exactly. <laughs> if only. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what a different world we would be living in. Oh, gosh, wouldn't it be such a different world if we had skills in that from the age of, you know, well, could be from day dot. Who's taking away? What's the main word or phrase or feeling or sense that you're taking away from today? I'd love to hear that. If you don't feel confident in speaking, then you might want to write it in the chat. I think Sam, go ahead, Sam. 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 Um, well, firstly, I'd like to say thank you to the speakers and I apologise for my croaky voice. I apologise for switching settings because the light was in my way so I felt a little bit disorganized this morning so I apologize for that um I was also trying to get my very loving partner off in the car to get one of our cars serviced um now that we're in national lockdown so um it was one of those normal mornings uh, shall we say <laughs> um so firstly gratitude gratitude for these incredible women um just um the thing i'm taking away is um the opposite of fake um which is truth um so um i want to thank you all for bringing in um a selection of personal stories um particularly referencing dai's um story um and i think often we can be pushed into corners of not recounting case studies now imagine if you will a court case where you were trying to find out if somebody was truthful or not or guilty or not would you leave out case studies and i think i found myself increasingly environments and women's groups or call it what you will turned up at events and there's this glossing over um essentially i'm referring to fakeness and i'm okay to admit that this has been my story for all of my life i've been in environments where i've observed that i'm surrounded by people who are unaccepting of diversity as rosemary has so valiantly pointed out and i've tried to somehow i've not yet worked out how i articulate this journey of feeling like an observer as i've traveled through my various decades but one thing that pulled me together is this powerful desire to not become something i'm not however with it comes a price and the price that's paid is the rejection is you are different you are other you are the token person in this room 
Now, I haven't yet worked out how, how I've not been eaten alive through being in environments like that. How my soul hasn't been completely chewed up. But I believe it's back to the reference that both key speakers have made. That something deeply innately in us supports us, whether it's ancestry, whether it's messages from our mothers and grandmothers that follows us down, that is so deeply embedded within us. And that's what I think has held me together. And so as we were speaking, just because I am feeling a little bit under the weather today, I just made a few notes and these are the key things I'm taking away. Sorry, I had to just clarify my thoughts because I thought it's all going to come out gobbledygook. <laughs> so Rosemary mentioned this beautiful phrase and she said, our environments determine who we become. And factually, research shows they do. And quite sadly, two thirds of the world witnesses that in poverty, in deprivation, in being othered, in being the minority class, in women's still suffering misogyny, in everything that's playing out currently through um, leadership in America, we are seeing huge ribbons of society being played out and being exposed to us all and asking us what we're thinking about them. And that's a choice as well. What are we thinking about them if we want to spend time? But when Rosemary said that, I'd just like to respond and say, how can we then create environments that support us? Because I have been doggedly determined that I will not become what my environment determines. And why I say that is somehow I've landed in the last decade in environment <laughs> that can only be my greatest test. I am one of a handful of different people. So I'm okay if it's okay to share. It is predominantly white community. And I have wondered for a long while, how did my world bring me to this small community to become an observer here? And that's another story. So that's for another day. But firstly, how can we create an environment that truly supports us? And it's vital that we don't accept environments that don't align with our innate souls. It really is vital because that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where our souls can completely die within us. And then we just walk around half asleep, if not fully asleep. And going back to Rosemary's beautiful comment, identify what hurts you. That is such a difficult journey, but it's one that somehow I'm trying to work out how do you empower young girls to, to determine what really hurts them. And if anyone answers the answers in any next sessions, I'd love to hear. Um, and so I've personally reframed that I'm not the one who is fake. I'm the one fighting for my truth. And I have to go back to Hemmer's comments that once I learned that, once I became judge and juror of my own self-examination, I suddenly realized the people around me are the ones trying to fit in. And I had so much compassion for them. I thought, you must just every day struggle to wear the same same clothing as everybody, the same haircut, 
there must be a disconnect somewhere. And so I started this powerful path of understanding that mm -hmm. it wasn't me being fake. It was quite a large majority around me doing the fitting in, which we are sadly seeing playing out on social media channels. And it's the constant message through fashion and through even through incredible women speakers, there's still not this diversity present. And so I've done powerfully what Di has done. I, I, I will not attend those groups. Somehow I will come forth as my authentic self, not being jostled by finding myself as the only one in a, in a room that's attracting a, an audience and um, claiming to empower women, but there's no diversity. So, hello, I see a missing link. I really do. So you've caught me at <laughs> probably my outspoken self here, but I don't feel I need to make an apology for that. Um, at the end of the day, these are my observations from being on this earth. And this is, uh, this is what I have witnessed. Um, and so speaking from the heart, these are my observations from the heart that I wanted to share. And finally, I just wanted to say that I've learned to befriend myself. Rosemary calls it loving yourself. If I've not got my own back, <laughs> then I can't step out of my door as my individual self. And believe you me, it does hurt every day when someone looks at me and sees that I'm different. But quite frankly, I deal with that with a lovely dose of kindness. And it's not a fake kindness. It's something, again, you know, people say, well, where did you get that kindness? Where has it come from? Or well, maybe it was just as beautifully fed to me as food was by my mother. I'm not sure. It's just there. So, you know, kindness. It, it can reap reward even in the most difficult situation. So thank you. Thank you, Sam. As usual, very, very beautifully and eloquently put. Apologies I love having you here, Sam. I love having you here, Sam. Oh, I love being here and I have missed being at these sessions. I mean, that's another thing. Apologies for this incredible start to a conversation. I, I've been trying to work out ideas for Di to say, get this off the ground quickly. Get it around the world. All women need communities like this. Because believe you me, if you're saying I haven't tried to find powerful groups where women really stand up for each other, I have tried. In the Western world, they exist less, I, I would say. Then more you turn up and then suddenly you're morphed into something you don't want to be. That isn't authentic. I should be able to walk into any room and be accepted for who I am. And I feel young women more than ever need to hear that message so that they can become their true self. So thank you, Di. And I've been meaning to write to you and I feel so bad that I've started this letter and it's just not finished yet, but I'm just in one of those busy phases. So sorry. Thank you. Please don't apologize. I love having you here. But I would like to comment on one thing. 
can I? I don't know who was about to speak. Yeah, no, it was me, but go ahead, Jay. Of course. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would like to give you my interpretation of my solution when you say, how do we create environments for us to truly support us, to support us? I believe that this is my vision here. And the way that I am, even at times nagging, which Hema would hear a lot, is nagging for people, our, our core speakers, to cooperate, to collaborate, to use social media to our advantage, to get to know each other, to create, so we actually trust each other so we can hold the space together. And so I have this vision of women being able to hold a space. It's like, it's, it's an empty cup, but, it, but it's a cup. It's an invisible space. I actually see it. And the core speakers are holding this invisible cup. They're holding it. But sometimes, and at, at times through these series, and it's been going since 2017, is in a different form, but, but people fall away because they actually don't know how to cooperate and collaborate and how to post on social media and how to connect and how to have a conversation and, 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 and have the time, carve out the time. So this is my solution to starting something tiny so that people can actually learn to, uh, to use your words, create those environments so that we can support each other. Because I believe it's trust, it's trust in ourselves and it's trust with other people. And yes, I do want to get this out to more. And it's slow because it's different. I'm not rah, 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 rahing. This is talking about real stuff. And a lot of people don't want to talk about real stuff. Also, I think that, that what needs to change in the world just very, very quickly. Um, so thank, thank you, Sam. That was really, really beautiful and absolutely love having you here. Um, and joining in and and sharing so so vulnerably every time that we share um, and you know I think what needs to change in the world is this idea of being busy you know everybody thinks they're too busy to do something where they're not making money where they're not learning some new tool to sell on social media or to get online or to go out you know whatever it is and that's taken over and that is fake. You know, this idea that that's what gives us value and that's what value is. And that's how, you know, if, if something is going to take us away from, you know, how we're making money, how we elevating our status that somehow, you know, just not worth the time. And so it's going to be slow. But, you know, at some point, I truly believe this is what people will value because this is what we're not having enough of. You know, real people having real conversations and, and you know, and I'm very fortunate that I live in a world where I get to have a lot of real conversations a lot of the time. Um, but I know that a lot of people are and they need to be able to hear this. They need to be able to be a part of this, be a part of this community um, and this kind of community, you know, um, 
specifically that takes us into a space of being who we are and connecting with the truth of our essence as opposed to feeling like we have something to prove in the outside world. That's the environment we've grown up in. That's the environment that's been around for a very long time. And it's time for that environment to change. And that changes with the changes from within us, changing how we see things, what we value and what we make time for. Um, and, and the change will follow. That's the art of leadership. And I think that brings me to the point that this is the new pandemic if you choose to be in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What we are doing here is the new pandemic. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And like all things, it starts slow. Absolutely. I just wanted to add to that was... Um, I've come to learn that, you know, we, we, we do have a unique identity. But I've often wondered, you know, when I look at these figures, and you don't even need to look at figures, how we've all been roped into social media, um, different ways of communicating, and there's a lot of good in it. These are, communication is vital, so technology can be a path force for good. But I started to wonder and reflect, and I have to be careful when I say this and just determine why I'm saying it. I don't Twitter and I don't tweet. But to appropriately, appropriately Twitter and tweet is probably the modern way. What I'm saying is it's become such a norm that is anyone really having a real conversation? And so I wonder how many other Sams there are or people like me who shy away from this version of conversation. There must be millions out there. There has to be, because I feel I am co-connected with everything that's created. So if I'm putting this energy out there, just as Rosemary mentioned nature, if we are all connected, which we are, I don't even need to put the word if in. I wonder how many women we're missing that is part of this beautiful energy that are just sat silently now and they're totally unaware that they could come along to these spaces and actually find a space to be heard, to find that there is strength in listening and to actually start to unravel their own story a bit more because we're all on a different level of giving and, and giving and receiving and also feeling that we can even start talking about our story. I know I'm very, still very much, if this was a scaled thing, I'm at the bottom of that. You know, I do have an opinion and I have seen, observed things, but quite frankly, I'm still trying to work out how my story even gets out there and how it actually matters because it's very it's a very strange place to think, I'm going to put a question out there and once again, nobody's heard it. Nobody's answered it, nobody's listened. And so that's what happens when our stories get buried. It can be, end up being, uh, having an, a usually negative impact on each of us and, 
as as it's been mentioned here so many times, this courage, this word courage. I mean, I think I've mentioned previously, I, I, I am a linguist by degree. My degree was humanities and languages. And courage actually comes from the Latin word heart, occur. So really, when we talk courage, are we talking physical courage, bravery, or are we actually talking about this voice of the heart? You know, we all need more courage. So, thank you. Thank you, Sam. That was beautiful. I always love listening to you. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, it was really lovely today, Jai. Thank you, thank you. And thank you to the speakers as well. And thanks to everyone that joined in. I'm just conscious that we're hitting time. I know we might not have heard from everybody though. I don't know if, I, yeah, I feel like we're kind of going over. We are, we are, we are over time, but does anybody else have anything to say that of what you're taking away? No. And, that, and, and I think that's what this conversation has done today. It's actually expanded us all. So I want to thank you all for being here. I do too. Thank, thank you for making this happen, Di. Yes. yes. I, I love having these conversations. And I know for me, it will take me through days. This conversation will take me through days. Thank I think you. Felicity was saying something. Mm-hmm. No, I was, I was, <laughs> so I don't even know I, anyone can see. That's a stupid thing. I don't know how to cope with this technology. But I'm very, very grateful to listen to you all and to see this radiant face of yours, Muihaki. It's wonderful. Right through to the center of you, from the center. And I thank you so much for the platform. Tina and Hema, of course, wonderful to be connected to you both in London. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Spread the word. Absolutely. Thank you. See you all soon. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.